Ah, welcome back to the Backyard Professor videos. The Joseph Smith Foundation for May 2nd, 2021 produced a video on debunking Richard Bushman's Rough Stone Rolling, his biography on Joseph Smith, because they feel that his approach to the idea of having a new narrative is flawed and severely destroying the faith in Joseph Smith. And so they take a traditional approach and they try to show how Richard Bushman is entirely out of line with this whole theme of the new narrative. So in the spirit of dialogue and discussion, I would like to propose many of the fatal flaws in their thinking. Granted, they've only done one video, so far as I'm aware. I was just given the heads up on this video the other day. So they are planning on making another video, but we shall see if they can pull that off or not. So far as I'm aware, I only have a capability of responding to just this first video, but I am going to respond rigorously to it because I see their entire approach as being completely worthless because of how they are approaching it. So hopefully this video will help them see the actual core issues instead of the ones they think are the core issues. The lovely young lady in the video of the Joseph Smith Foundation is really upset with Richard Bushman for describing Joseph Smith's treasure digging activities. Uh, the impression that this, at least this first video gives me is that she's going to debunk that whole part of the narrative for a couple of reasons. Number one, Bushman, in his book, relies too heavily on the anti-Mormon, the quote anti-Mormon, from the Mormon perspective now. Uh, Bushman is approaching this historically, not as a way to faithfully build faith in Joseph Smith like the Joseph Smith Foundation is. He wants historical truth not faith and testimony in his analysis. They argue that he should not have relied on those affidavits and they're all built up on false stories. That's one argument. And she said he relies more or less on those affidavits. So the question is, did he, looking into Rough Stone Rolling, it's chapter two that he discusses these issues in The Treasure Seeking, uh, I, I don't see him relying entirely on those affidavits. There's a lot of other historical sources besides those that also demonstrate Joseph Smith was involved in treasure digging. There can be no question about that. The other real problematic approach with which the Joseph Smith Foundation has is the reliance on what the church has said over the course of the last 190 years. She says no one has ever agreed in church leadership that Joseph Smith ever searched for lost treasure with his seer stone and with his divining rod and so on and so forth. Every one of the church leaders have denied that and therefore this idea of the new narrative bringing that in is a completely false problem that the new historians are creating when the church has already told the truth. The problem there is 
the church has been giving us a whitewashed version of history. Apparently, the Joseph Smith Foundation is not sophisticated or understanding enough in the actual historic background using proper sources to understand this. The other serious fatal flaw with the Joseph Smith Foundation approach is that they are ignoring what the church is saying today. Now, the, the other issue that I noted, and perhaps they'll bring this out in uh, their second video, which I hope they have produced, I'm just not aware of, this first video, on this idea of treasure seeking, you simply have to address D. Michael Quinn's materials. And there was no mention of D. Michael Quinn, just Bushman. And then they described Hugh Nibley's Myth Makers and a couple of other lame attempts at refuting the anti-Mormons of Joseph Smith's contemporary setting and their serious problems with Nibley's approach in his book The Mythmakers that they simply don't even mention. And the other interesting thing is they don't say anything about what Joseph Smith himself said. Now, not only is the church today saying an entirely different narrative than what it has said for the last 190 years, contradicting the Joseph Smith Foundation concept here, is they don't discuss anything of the 1826 court trial of Joseph Smith in Bainbridge, New York. Now, they're probably saving all their evidence for their second video. But it seems to me like if you ignore what Joseph Smith himself said, then you simply don't have a case. And then she mentioned something else interesting in her video that really is problematical to all the rest of us who want to know the truth. She says that the new narrative is not strengthening faith in Joseph Smith, in his character, in his goodness, in his prophet calling. But is that what this is all about? Because it's been that whitewashed version in the first place that has caused all the problems of even having to have a new narrative because the old narrative of everything is rosy and Joseph Smith's always a true prophet and he never did anything untoward toward anybody else or for his own uh, theological enterprise if that's all been whitewashed and all the other evidence has been suppressed, then the church has built the lie up as faith in Joseph Smith. And therefore, a testimony is entirely false. This is the core issue. This and this alone is what the apologists refuse to talk about. The church itself has developed the problem of having to lie about Joseph Smith in order to tell the truth to build up faith. But you cannot build up an accurate true faith built on lies. The problem is not in having faith about Joseph Smith, using faithful history, sticking with the traditional teachings of the church as the Joseph Smith Foundation wants us to do. The problem is the church itself. Why does it have to lie to tell the truth? And in that case, which is the core issue, 
Why on earth should we believe anything at all that the church says about any other subject when it can't get this one right and it has now today acknowledged that its narrative has been false? That's the point the Joseph Smith Foundation is ignoring. Again, the Joseph Smith Foundation holds to an erroneous church narrative that during Joseph Smith's first vision is when he was called to be a prophet of the restoration, bring back the church, bring back the priesthood, translate the Book of Mormon record, etc. That is simply false. There is a huge misunderstanding about the first vision because they have been following the faithful church narrative, which is simply wrong historically. And we have several differing accounts of the first vision to demonstrate the historical wrongness of the Joseph Smith Foundation interpretation. They need to seriously learn the history first before trying to convert anyone to the church narrative that is fatally flawed because it suppressed so many problematical areas and it has interpreted the historical record in a faithful manner that is false in light of the actual historical record. The most fatal flaw right up front of several egregious errors with which the Joseph Smith Foundation is operating under is that the church in its narrative for the last 190 years denying Joseph Smith's treasure digging has been the truth. The most fatal flaw is that now the church on its own official website on the internet has produced a series of essays that apparently the Joseph Smith Foundation is unaware of. And in those essays, in one of those essays, the Gospel Topic essay called the Book of Mormon Translation, here is what the church has put on its own website as its interpretational narrative now. And I quote, as a young man during the 1820s, Joseph Smith, like others in his day, used a seer stone to look for lost objects and buried treasure. Now, it seems like their beef against Richard Bushman is that his new narrative involves Joseph Smith looking for buried treasure, and the Joseph Smith Foundation website and, and videos really do not like that narrative but their own church is now admitting it. Now, the Joseph Smith Foundation says for 190 years they have denied it, but now it's on their official website in numerous places, which I'm about to show in this video. So now the core issue that all Mormon apologists are ignoring is why has the church been lying to us for the last 190 years? Because 
we now know the historical verification and reality is that Joseph Smith was involved in buried treasures using his seer stone and finding other lost objects and goodies by the church's own admission now and endorsement of these essays they have now come clean so the issue is not refuting Richard Bushman and the new narrative the issue is why has the church been lying to us all this time and since we now know they have reversed course why should we ever believe anything they ever say again you must give us valid reasons with good evidence of being honest in order for us to ever trust it again. That's the issue apologists refuse to deal with. They like to present the false church narrative that the church is perfect but the people are not. But that's the church's narrative in order to what? Build faith in it. I don't want faith. I want to know truth and reality. Again, the footnote 19 in this essay of that quote reads that it cites Richard Bushman, Joseph Smith and the Beginnings of Mormonism, the very man these guys are trying to refute. The church accepts his new narrative. The Joseph Smith Foundation also argues that Richard Bushman's materials in Joseph Smith and the Beginnings of Mormonism are no good, just like in Rough Stone Rolling. Yet the very church they're defending is using the very man they are disagreeing with, which they think damages the church. That's a brutal contradiction. It also cites Richard Lloyd Anderson's Mature Joseph Smith and Treasure Digging Ensign article, which I will get to. It also includes Joseph Smith's own admission to doing treasure digging in his own publication from the official church publication back in that day, the Elder's Journal, for July 1838, page 43. And this is in the Joseph Smith Papers Project, the official church publication of everything Joseph Smith ever said, wrote, or thought. So this is a brutal contradiction for the Joseph Smith Foundation. These are official sources from the official projects of the church on the church's official website. These are not anti-Mormon sources and they are not progressive liberal Mormon sources. The problem with the Joseph Smith Foundation is they are arguing against the wrong people. They are trying to assess the idea that progressive Mormon views such as Terrell Gibbons and Richard Bushman are the problem when in fact there would not have to be any new narrative at all if the church had just simply been truthfully telling the actual narrative but it hasn't been doing so. Therefore history has caught up with the church and demonstrated the church has been fast and loose with its own history and it's time to come clean. 
the Joseph Smith Foundation needs to update its own approach to come clean with the church. Otherwise, we have no reason to believe anything you say either, any more than we have to believe the church. Now, to make matters worse, toward the bottom of the page of the article, there is an article called A Period of Preparation 1823 to 1829 on the church's website again. And it tells how, quote, Joseph and his brothers hired out by day at whatever work was available, treasure hunting or money digging, as it was then called, was the craze in the United States at this time. And Joseph Smith is directly involved, not only him, but his entire family, his brothers. Now, they didn't say in this part that his father was also involved, but he was, and many of Joseph's neighbors. And it's nice to finally see the church coming around to acknowledging what they've been denying for 190 years. Now that shifts our issue with the church. Why do we believe them at all anymore on any subject if they've deliberately lied until they've been forced to tell the historical truth on their own official website? I think this is where the Joseph Smith Foundation needs to focus its energy in order to have any kind of credibility with anyone anywhere in the world. Another thing that completely refutes the Joseph Smith Foundation approach is the assistant church historian officially hired to write and help maintain the history of the church today, Richard Turley. He has an article, again, on the church's website. It does not get more official than this for showing what the narrative is. In his article, Joseph the Seer, in the Ensign for October 2015, Turley said the use of the seer stones to, quote, view lost or hidden objects, unquote, was the familiar folkways of Joseph Smith's day, and he was involved in it. People asked him to help them find lost objects. They show a picture of the seer stone in this article as well. So we know this was Joseph Smith's involved way of living in his youth. In another article on the church's own website, Joseph Smith as Revelator and Translator. This is in the official publication of the church, the Joseph Smith Papers. Joseph Smith acknowledged that he sought for treasure and lost property. The footnote says the trial record for Bainbridge, New York. It's listed in the Utah Christian Century, January 1886, page 1. And now, based on the information in which we have, the ironies just come pouring out. Because, much to the chagrin of the apologists, it is the church's faithful narrative 
that has been wrong. The church has come down on the wrong side of history. And it's been excommunicating the critics for simply telling the historic truth. And the apologists, like the Joseph Smith Foundation, Daniel Peterson and the former Farms Group, have been defending the lies, not the historic truth. Another deep irony occurs now for the Joseph Smith Foundation also. Your videos become our evidence for that, our claim that the narrative is false and needs to change. The very subject you are attempting to refute now becomes our evidence, your video, that you also have become part of the problem, not the solution. Because you're perpetuating the false historical narrative by claiming Joseph Smith was not involved in treasure digging, which now the church has been forced to admit because the evidence gives them no choice. Yet another deep, startling irony occurs here. Through all that time of the church lying to us and brainwashing us into believing their version of what they call faithful history through disciple scholarship, in other words, perpetuate the lie and we'll praise you forever, of course. The other irony is there's no way the testimonies based on a false historical narrative can be true from the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is not going to testify to something that's not true. So the false narrative built up incorrectly by the church and then them saying get a testimony of this which tens of millions have apparently done isn't even real. The irony here is staggering when you really let that sink in. The church has been arguing against who they label as a pejorative term, the anti-Mormons, the truth-tellers, and they've been kicking them out of the church from day one. And now they want you to get on the internet and continue perpetuating the lie. So you're the problem. The problem is not progressive liberal Mormon historians. That's a complete red herring. The problem is your own church leadership. You need to be talking to them, not us. We're teaching the truth. You're perpetuating the phony history. And that means you're on the wrong side of history. Equally as disturbing is Patrick Q. Mason's book, Planted, Belief and Belonging in an Age of Doubt. He is definitely a faithful defender of the church. It was copyright 2008 wherein he presents evidence that discussions of Joseph Smith's prophethood are loaded with such debates 
rarely disagreements over facts, but are usually contests over interpretations. He's talking about the treasure digging. Joseph's defenders, the apologists, you guys, Joseph Smith Foundation, you made their case by claiming the evidence for money digging was untrustworthy. That's exactly your stance. The problem with your defense, according to Patrick Mason, was that a number of historical documents emerged to support the charge. In other words, the so-called anti-Mormons are telling the truth, and the Mormons are caught flat-footed. Historians found accounts of Joseph Smith's 1826 trial for disturbing the peace by claiming to look for lost objects, otherwise known as glass-looking. In addition, the affidavits collected in 1833 by Dr. Philastus Hurlbut from Joseph Smith's former neighbors in Palmyra described many instances of the Smith family searching by night for treasure, sacrificing lambs, and drawing magic circles. Most obviously, Joseph Smith himself admitted the particular charge of treasure-seeking. In an article published in the May 1838 issue of the short-lived Elder's Journal, Joseph Smith answered various questions about Mormon beliefs in his own history. The tenth question read, was not Joe Smith a money digger? His answer, yes, yes, but it was never a very profitable job for me as he only got $14 a month for it. He admitted the charge. The charges in the affidavits were not baseless. That's what Mason admits on page 64 of his book. The Joseph Smith Foundation needs to look up into this book. The other thing that happened now is that magical practices played a large part in the religious lives of Christians well into the 18th century. This is now understood. Their research showed that the very areas the Joseph Smith family hailed from and lived in, Vermont and upstate New York, were among the hotbeds of American treasure-seeking culture. All this work shed new light on the Joseph Smith family's participation in magical practices. The most important revelation of all this new scholarship that the church has been saying wasn't true is that those who practiced it, magic did not replace Christianity. The two worked side by side as they had done for hundreds of years. Joseph Smith was in the thick of it, and that is the historical truth. And again, because this is for the sake of discussion and open, openly looking into the real history, which you have not got if you're a Mormon, the ironies continue on piling up. In the Farms Review, Volume 18, Number 1, for 2006, Mark Ashurst McGee, one of the great Mormon historians, he's not a liberal progressive Mormon. He's published in the Farms Review of Books. And he says, 
Moroni as angel and as treasure guardian. He presented this version of his paper in 1999 in Hallstad, Pennsylvania as part of the church-owned and church-approved BYU Department of Church History and Doctrine Summer 1999 New York Faculty Symposium. It was later published in the Mormon Historical Studies in 2001. Its findings on the topic were almost diametrically opposed to those of other publishers trying to examine this material. He notes that involved with the treasure seeking, although Joseph downplayed his involvement, he nevertheless admitted it. This is on page 41 of of McGee's article. And then one other statement that I want to share. I would highly encourage you to read this article. He defends the thesis that, yes, Moroni was a treasure guardian, but not in the way that critics have made him out to be. He was, in Joseph Smith's own mind, more of the Judeo-Christian angel type being. So just so you're aware, that is the context. But the historical materials have forced him to admit that in another, in one of the editors of the Farms Reviews, Larry Morris, whom I actually know personally, his family used to live in our same ward when I was in my teenage years, he acknowledged also the influence of treasure seeking on Smith and his views of the coming forth of the Book of Mormon. McGee says that on page 84. Overall, McGee is not arguing in favor of being, of Moroni being a treasure guardian as such, as understood in Joseph Smith's environment. Joseph Smith and the early Mormons understood him more in line with the Judeo-Christian angel theme, even though Moroni was a treasure guardian. He was a treasure guardian of the golden plates. So there's that historical nuance that really must be understood. To flat out deny any kind of involvement is simply wrong-headed history. And there is yet another deep irony with the Joseph Smith Foundation approach, they quote approvingly what Daniel C. Peterson has said, pretending or else imagining, misunderstanding without question, that Dan Peterson takes their point of view. Yet we have Dan Peterson on record with his review of none other than Richard Bushman's Rough Stone Rolling. And he agrees with Bushman. The Joseph Smith Foundation, in order to present their apologetic to continue defending the lie of the false historical narrative, is misusing the Mormon apologists for their purposes, which has completely backfired. This is in the Farms Review, Volume 19, Number 1, for 2007. Daniel Peterson says, 
probably the most common worry about rough stone rolling among faithful Mormons has been that it presented too human a prophet. And that is exactly what the Joseph Smith Foundation is objecting to in Bushman. In their half-hour presentation video, they don't like that idea at all. They want the false faith promoting Joseph Smith, not the real historical one. Very remarkably interesting. No Latter-day Saint, Peterson says, is obligated to make Joseph Smith completely acceptable to people who reject Joseph's claims. And, as I've noted, no historian is obligated to explain religious claims away simply in order to satisfy atheists and agnostics. He says that on page XXXIX. So that's Peterson's stance on this, and yet he talks about this crazy apologetic scheme of inoculation. And here the irony again rears its ugly head. They don't even recognize what they're saying when they're trying to defend Joseph Smith anymore. This is astonishing. He says, writing in his journal about rough stone rolling, Bushman remarks that part of my purpose in writing is to introduce the troublesome material into the standard account to prevent horrible shocks later. You notice this is what the Joseph Smith Foundation is attacking, but it's the wrong target. Attacking Bushman for presenting true history is not the right approach. You must attack the source of the problem, which is the church's false narrative presented by its leaders for the last 190 years as the Joseph Smith Foundation has admitted. The real question is, should we hide troublesome things from the saints and hope they will never find out? Well, the leaders thought that was the best approach, and it has now completely eliminated any kind of credibility they have. If they've lied to us for 190 years and brainwashed us into gaining a testimony of the lie how on earth can we ever trust anything they ever say again? That's the issue that apologists will not dare touch, including the Joseph Smith Foundation. The problem then is what happens when they do find out. And we did. They are disillusioned and in danger of mistrusting everything they have been told. And now the Joseph Smith Foundation becomes further evidence for us truth-tellers that the bullshit is continuing with the false narrative. Amazingly, many LDS don't know Joseph Smith married 30 women. How can that be? Unless, of course, it was suppressed by the faithful history. Yeah. The leaders are the problem. They love to present the idea that the church is true, the people are not. Even that's the false narrative. We have to get these facts out to be dealt with, otherwise they are in a vulnerable position. And all of that could have been avoided 
if the church would have just told the truth. It may be my job to bring the whole of Joseph Smith's story into the open. His job as a historian, because the prophets and apostles won't, they're supposed to be the witnesses of the truth and they're hiding it? What irony! So it takes the progressive liberal historians to tell the truth of Mormonism? Again, what irony! What good are the prophets and apostles as testators if they have to lie to present an image of a false truth? I keep hearing of young people who are shocked to discover the idea that Joseph Smith, they learned about in church, is not the Joseph Smith most scholars perceive. Of course not. Taken aback, the young Mormons not only wonder about the prophet, but about their teachers. Everything comes tumbling down. Exactly. Richard Bushman is not causing people to leave the faith. The lies of the church leaders are. That is where the Joseph Smith Foundation needs to focus. Even there, mesmerized by the church's false narrative, to this day. I worry about the young Latter-day Saints who learn only about the saintly Joseph. Boyd K. Packer, you are the worst offender here. You became the problem. That's not Bushman, that's me saying that. They are shocked to discover his failings, and man are they many. The problem is that they may lose faith in the entire teaching system that brought them along. Well, hell yes, of course. You've lied to us for 190 years. Obviously, it's your ingrained habit. Why should we listen to you anymore? That's correct. That's me saying that. If their teachers covered up Joseph Smith's flaws, what else are they hiding? Uh-huh. Now here's the shocker for the Joseph Smith Foundation, and then I'll end this video because I want to keep it short and sweet and to the point with no prevarication whatsoever so that the real issue is honestly, openly seen so that perhaps the Joseph Smith Foundation can repent of their sins of promoting a lie and begin to get to the historical truth. Daniel C. Peterson says this about Richard Bushman's approach. I share Bushman's concern and have reflected on this issue for a long time. He says what we need to do is inoculate the people with a little bit of the poison of the actual truth so that when the full truth comes out, they aren't killed by it. That is so stupid. Staggeringly, insanely silly. I've never read anything so stupid in my entire life. <laughs> that is breathtaking. But Daniel C. Peterson is in agreement with Richard Bushman. He's also in agreement with Stanley Kimball, who says, the church teaches at level A, 
we sometimes study at level B, but some of us see the real whole truth at level C. And that is where we need to begin to get the people to, the whole truth, level C, the deep stuff. Level A is not the truth, it's the faith-promoting narrative. And Daniel Peterson says on page XLV that Stanley Kimball's analysis strikes me as profoundly true. He is agreeing with the theme that the church is not doing it historically correct. That is astonishing. The problem with the fuel for enemies' objection, Bushman correctly observes, is that the fuel is already there. I don't provide it, we have to deal with it or it will be used against us. That fuel is the truth of history that the documents have presented and that now the church on its website admits and the Joseph Smith Foundation is still not up to date on that. There is no basis for the belief, Peterson says, common among some antis and ex-Mormons that simple exposure to the facts about Mormon history mandates an exit from Mormonism. But what it shows is that we've been lied to, so why ever trust anything they say? That is the issue that they are completely ignoring. And they admit that the narrative is wrong and we have to fix it. Daniel C. Peterson is not on the side of the Joseph Smith Project that accepts the church's false narrative that Joseph Smith never was involved in treasure digging and glass looking. He admits that that is the historical truth. The Joseph Smith Foundation needs to first learn about the issues before it pontificates on them Otherwise, it remains part of the problem and not the solution. So thanks for watching the Backyard Professor videos on Mormonism. Hope you guys have a good day. Hope you make lots of friends. Smile a lot. It's fun to be alive. It's glorious to be out in Mother Nature like I love to do. And it's glorious to explore, discuss, and learn history, doctrine, religion, science, philosophy, and all that. But it has to be done correctly. And our trust has been betrayed so that we really are going to get to the historic truth, not the faith-promoting truth in Joseph Smith, we're going to get to what actually is. I hope you'll join us. It's a lot of fun to do, but it's definitely an adjustment to make. But you can make it. I am, and I'm rather enjoying the process of becoming enlightened. You see, the church's false narrative is that we've become the apostates. We're bitter, we're angry, we're miserable, our lives suck, it falls apart. And even that false narrative doesn't phase our truth. 
that life is a complete joy and it's pleasant to know the truth and be free from the brainwash, Jesus had that one right.